If you have your Bible today, turn to the Proverbs and to Proverbs chapter 22, verse 29. Proverbs is in the middle of the Bible, a little bit past the middle to the right, but Proverbs is an excellent book written by, mostly by Solomon. Uh, I try to share almost every day with my teenage kids at school in the Bible class a proverb or two every day. Uh, I feel that God's word is so important that they can learn so many life lessons, but we're never too old to learn, and Proverbs 22, 29 is our, our, our lesson that we're going to try to learn today. So Proverbs, and if you want a very good study pattern to go by, if you're looking for a way to quickly get into reading the Bible every day, you can read Proverbs, a chapter a day, based upon what day of the month it is. So it's the 25th day of this month, you might read Proverbs 25, and then the next day 26 and so forth, and you'll get through the whole book in a month. So Proverbs is an excellent book. We're gonna read Proverbs 22, 29. And it says this, do you see a man who excels in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before unknown men. And may the Lord bless his word as we have it read into our hearts today. The name uh, and the question I have today and the title of our, our message is, What is your excellence? What are you excellent at? What is it that you do better than other people? What is it that makes you stand out as somebody who's excellent? A lot of people, when asked that question, would pause and say, I'm not sure I have many excellences in my life. And that is the reason why we're having this uh, message today, because the Bible has a lot to say about the topic. And in fact, in this one verse, I believe that God has a purpose for each one of us so that we all can aspire to be excellent. Now, in school, there are lots of different people. There are some people who have a struggle just to pass. And there are some people who, for whatever reason, they're pretty much average and they're going to get right in the middle of the grades. There are some people who are very good, but not quite to the excellent category. So they get Bs, they're good, but they don't quite get it to the A. And then, of course, you've got the A and A-plus students, and those people tend to be number one in their class or at near the top. Now, that's in school. Now, I can assure you that regardless of what your grades were in school, there, that is not a guarantee of what you will be when you get out of school. I can assure you that some of our greatest and most excellent people on earth are people who flunked many classes or just did not do very good as students. So it is wrong-headed for us to say that your destiny is determined by your experience in school. I, I, I don't know why parents tell children that their best days are behind them. <laughs> their best days are at school. No, your best days should be the days in front of you. Always look forward to the future. Never look at your life and try to grasp hold of it as though this very time is the best time and I can have no better time. 
Um, I believe that many of our people in our society today, they suffer from the fact that they think, oh, I'm never going to have it as good as I had it back then. And in some ways they are right because when you were a child, other people paid your bills. <laughs> when you were a child, think your decisions were made for you. And there's a comfort that comes from having that security. But God did not intend for children to permanently be latched to their parents and to be permanently hooked on the, and dependent upon others. From the moment a child is born, they are separated from the mother. And they increasingly are separated through their physical life from the day they're born on till the day they leave home. And God has a purpose for that. So you can stand on your own two feet. And so you can be excellent on your own. So let us never, ever look at our days and our school days and regret our youth and say, oh, if I could just go back. Don't think that way. Because I assure you that if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, your best days are ahead of you and you're going to be better looking, better health, uh, in better health. You're going to be such a, a, a better human being in the future under Jesus than you ever were before. So just to give you that knowledge. So God has an excellence for us all, and it's not restricted by our performance in the past. So what are the lessons of excellence? Well, when we look at the, the, the Bible, I want you to learn several things. And first in this case is excellence is not instant, okay? You don't go and buy a microwavable packet that you pour into a bowl, put some water in, and zap it for a minute and say, I'm excellent now, but that's what we kind of want. We're so spoiled by modern technology and conveniences that we want everything now. I want to be good now. We're kind of whiny when it comes to those things. But I can assure you that excellence is not an instant thing. You don't get it quickly. You have to spend time to get it. It's kind of like if you have an apple seed. How long is it going to take you to produce apples out of that apple seed? Well, you're not going to do it in a year. You're not going to do it in a day for sure. It's going to take time. You've got to grow the tree. The tree has to be tended and cared for and protected. And then after seasons, after seasons, eventually it's going to be large enough to produce what? Fruit. And it won't produce fruit all the time. It will produce it in the right time. To prove this point, I want to go back to the first chapter of Psalms when there's an excellent verse about that very thing. And it speaks about the man who walks in the counsel of the Lord and not the ungodly. So in Psalm 1, the very first verse of Psalm 1, we get to this point. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. See, there, the, the fact is, is that the person who wants to achieve excellence has to be doing something every day and every night. They have to be doing something every day and every night. And what it is is meditating on the law of the Lord. 
When you input God's word into your life, in the day and in the night, and you just think about it a lot. I mean, meditation is not something where you have some bizarre looking person with a bizarre looking outfit in a bizarre uh, configuration of their legs in some yoga pose. No, we believe that meditation is simply thinking about the things that God wants us to think about. We're meditating, thinking on God. And, and I can assure you that if you've not done this lately, by just clearing your mind of the troubles of the world and just thinking about God and his word, whether you're driving down the road or whether you're just at home doing housework or, or if you're just laying on your bed, by thinking these thoughts, something good is gonna happen in your life. You really will get a result of this because the word is like the seed and it's also like a nourishment to you as a plant. And it's very important to be blessed by meditating upon the word. But he continues, he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. You see, excellence is a seasonal thing. It's not instant. You're not going to be, if you start playing the piano, you're not gonna be Mozart unless you're Mozart. Mozart was truly a genius. At age four, he did his first concerto. That was impressive, but even he had to start at two. So he had to work it at some point, didn't he? He didn't just instantaneously come out of the womb playing the piano. He did work at it. He was just unusually good as a child. But, but if you're not Mozart, even in our lives, whatever we wanna do, if we wanna do it, it's gonna take time. It has to be done in a season. So don't get mad at yourself because you fail. I can tell you that everybody who's good at something in this world, they do, they, they, they're not always good at it. They, they often have to be corrected. They often have to change what they're doing and, and have to repair what they, the mistakes they've made. So God gives us our fruit in the season. So there's a long time there, but eventually it's gonna work out. And once that tree is planted, once it's watered, and notice he says, whose leaf also shall not wither. So once you're in a good position and you're getting all of your nourishment, you're full grown, you've got healthy leaves and you're producing fruit, then you will produce it season after season after season. That's what excellence is to be fruitful. So don't look at excellence as some quick fix in your life. It isn't, but it is a good thing to have. Another thing about excellence is not only is it not instant, but excellence is focused. It's a focused thing. Uh, you'll notice here that he says, do you see a man who excels in his work? It's not somebody else's work. It's his work. We need to make sure that we're not trying to be everybody else. You are unique and God has a work for you. You need to be good at what you need to be good at. And that is so very important. We're not gifted the same. We don't have the same flavor of fruit, so to speak. 
How boring would the world be if all, the only fruit we have was one particular kind of fruit? We'd be pretty tired of it. Thank God that there are plenty of fruits and nuts and flakes. And that's why California exists. So... <laughs> Now, but seriously, that God wants us to be focused. Now, when I speak about focusing on, on whatever it is, your excellence, it's easy in our day to be distracted. We, if you look at uh, sermons in the 18th century, the people of Boston would print up the sermons of the preacher. These sermons would be two-hour sermons. <laughs> And then they would spend time through the week reading the sermons out loud in groups, talking about it. Did you read the sermon? And they would discuss it. They wouldn't always agree with the preacher, but they would be able to discuss it in an intelligent way. In fact, the people of Boston during those days, in the Puritan days, they were so well-educated that 98% of the adult population could read. And they read they could read the Bible for themselves and they could read these sermons. Now, can you imagine the attention span that people had back then compared to now? Because <laughs> over time, they have made commercials and everything shorter and shorter and shorter. Uh, if you watch a modern film, they, they have what they call cuts. And so each cut is one camera shot. And the camera shots, instead of being long and drawn out, are short, short, short. They're maybe just a few seconds apiece because we, our brains are focused somewhere else real quickly. So we have trained a whole generations to have something quick now, now, now. And, and if, it's, if it's beyond a certain number of minutes, they completely lose interest. Somebody has said that the ear and the heart cannot endure or cannot receive what the, 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 the rear end cannot endure. So if you're sitting for two hours, that's kind of a hard thing. It would be hard for me. Uh, one of the benefits I have as being a preacher is I don't have to sit down to do it. I can stand up, so I don't have to sit there. So I, I am not the most long-winded of preachers for sure. But I do know that God wants us to be focused on our excellence. And in a world where attention deficit is called a disorder and people actually take medication for it or even prescribe things for it and certain behaviors for it, I, I want to even caution you there, though, that just because you may be called attention deficit, and I put quotes there, doesn't mean that you really have a disorder. You might just be normal. <laughs> you just might be normal. I mean, try to get a teenage boy in a classroom for eight hours a day. It's just not going to be normal. In the old days, people got out and worked, and they did things, and they, they explored and walked through the land, and they had jobs, and they had chores, and they didn't have time to, to worry about these disorders. So I just want to assure you that what is commonly called a disorder may be just normal for people, okay? So don't feel bad. And another thing is that if you have a hard time focusing on one subject or another, then maybe it is that God wants you to be a very general person so you can relate to a lot of people 
and be able to be well-rounded in your personality like Paul was, I can be all things to all men is what Paul said. So there may, that may be your excellence to be very broad based in your education and your, in your experience. This is, I, I tell you what, if you have political people who serve the, 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 the general interests, I should hope that we have a good dose of political people who are well-rounded, who have a large life experience because too many of, of the people who run our countries, and I say countries, not just ours, are, they are, they've only hung around their group all their lives and they only see things from their own perspective and they have no appreciation for everybody else. But excellence must be at some point focused so that you can be better. If you don't continue to do something over and over in, in the right direction, and build upon it, you're not gonna excel. So you do need to be focused in what God has given you to be excellent in. And so be thinking that if I'm going to be excellent, I need to focus on it. I don't need to be distracted from that purpose. So excellence is not instant, and it is not to be, it's supposed to be focused, okay? The tree is planted by the river of water. It's not moving every five, minutes. It's, it's literally there where it's getting the nourishment it needs. Another point about excellence is that excellence serves. If you read with me Matthew 23, 11, we're going to learn that God, uh, Jesus had something to say about excellence and greatness. Matthew 23, verse 11. Jesus said, but he who is greatest among you shall be your servant. Think about that. Uh, if you want to be really great and excellent, greatness is an excellence. So if you really want to be great, in Jesus' eyes, you need to be a servant. Now, I would say that if we had in this congregation the greatest uh, piano player, the greatest guitar player, the greatest singer, if we had an assortment of people who had the greatest bank account, the greatest uh, uh, leader of people. If, if, just think about it, what a collection of people. However, Jesus said that the real greatest thing to have as an excellence is the ability to serve. Think about that for a moment. That he doesn't rank the excellence that normally people rank uh, in a way that we would rank it. He says that the greatest is gonna be a servant. And whoever serves the most is going to be the greatest. In another place, Jesus said, even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. So in, when, when God is handing out awards for human beings and what they did, you know who's first in the list. In the list. It's going to be the Lord. Because just like he said, who served more people than our Lord. And when he came onto the earth, he did not lord over everybody else. He was the servant of every one of us. He served us. How many thousands of people did he heal? How many thousands did he feed? And how many did he nourish with his teachings? Here is a man who served more than anyone ever. 
But the greatest act of service he ever did was going to the cross and dying on that cross in our place, literally taking that darkness of hell upon him that we wouldn't have to experience it. Wow, what a great man. So obviously, if you are intimidated by your ability to play an instrument or you don't feel comfortable singing, you don't want to be a leader of people, you don't want to be in, getting all the attention, you don't, you're not a great craftsperson, or maybe you're not the wealthiest person or greatest business person, or you're not the greatest sport athlete, none of those things are really even in the ballpark of what you could be if you just choose one little, one little thing. Be excellent at serving God and serving other people. If you could just say, I'm just going to serve God, and I'm going to serve people, be excellent at it. Do it over and over and add to your service, and God says you will be great. You will be great. In fact, the greatest servant is the one who serves the most. And there's not even any contest. So don't feel bad about yourself. Don't, don't feel bad about your failures. Don't feel bad about the times you stumble. Don't feel bad about any of these things because I believe that God has a real purpose in providing us excellence. And if you don't have any particular area that you stand out in the eyes of men, you can at least serve. And that's actually the best excellence you can have. And then the last thing about excellence that I believe we can draw from the original Proverbs verse. Do you see a man who is, excels in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure or unknown men. In other words, excellence is going to be recognized. You will not waste your time being excellent. You will not be uh, unrewarded for excellence. Jesus himself says that even if we give a gift of cold water in the name of a follower of Jesus, we will not lose our reward. So we will be recognized for excellence. And a man who is excellent in his work is not going to be unrecognized. He'll stand before kings. He literally will have this happen. And I believe that someday, if we don't stand before an earthly king, we'll certainly stand before our heavenly king someday. And I hope he says of each one of us, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Because he's not going to say that about everybody. He's going to say it about the excellent people who decided to be excellent because they took the time to realize that excellence is not instant you're not gonna be good instantly. It is not distracted, it's gonna be focused. Uh, I, I, I have wasted many words saying, I wish I could play a piano like that. That's a, how silly is that statement that I make? And you probably said the same silly thing. Well, you, I could be if I just taken the time, practice over and over again, it doesn't stop in me, but I just don't take the time. So. Saying I wish I could be something is just not going to work. You're not instantly going to get it. You got to work at it. And that means you work at it whether you feel like it or you don't feel like it. You just got to keep working at it. Practice. Uh, now, I will say this, and I, I owe a man uh, who was a former uh, 
administrator at my school, Mike Coggins, this quote, he said, practice does not make perfect, but perfect practice makes perfect. Think about that for a moment. Because if you're practicing the wrong thing, you're just going to be good at doing the wrong thing. You're going to be very good at it. But perfect practice makes perfect. Make sure your practice is perfect. And then you will get better. You'll get better. It's inevitable. So we need to be certainly understanding that we, uh, uh, excellence is something that takes time. It's going to be focused. Don't get distracted. And it's absolutely important to develop excellence in service because if, you're, if you have the gift of service that every Christian does, then you need to excel at it. And because of all of this excellence that God gives us, and all of us should be excellent. There's none of us that should be uh, poor. We should get good report cards from our Lord. Then we need to remember that we will be recognized. And that great awards day that God has for each one of us is going to be a really good time. It's not going to be a bad time for any of us. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, I don't always know what my own excellence is, but I do know that you want us to excel in our love of you and our love of each other. And so would you please grant to us mercy so that we would realize that it takes time to be good at anything and that we need to practice perfectly what you've given us to do. And I pray for you to give us wisdom. We live in times when things uh, with our news media and our popular entertainments are so distracting and people don't take time to serve you. And would you please encourage our, our, this generation, all of us, to be the witnesses that we need to be and to stand out in this world as excellent people for your name's sake. Because we pray this in the blessed and holy name of our Lord Jesus Christ, and we pray it in his name.